Welcome to Beyond the Lines. I'm your host, Jason Davis. You can follow this podcast on Facebook at Beyond the Lines Podcast, on Instagram, Beyond the Lines Podcast, and also on Twitter at underscore Beyond the Lines. This is episode nine, and I'll be talking about returning to play after an injury. Although ankle sprains and strains are by far the most common sports injury, ACL injuries are one of the most debilitating sports injury. ACL injuries usually occur in sports involving pivoting, twisting, landing from a jump, or a sudden deceleration. Because it encompasses all of these elements in a fast-paced environment, football is one of the most likely sports to produce an ACL injury. Roughly 60 to 80% of all ACL tears occur in non-contact situations, such as twisting or landing from a jump, where the knee is forced into a position of flexion and then rotation, bringing the knee inwards to the hip and foot. Symptoms following an ACL tear include severe pain, swelling, the inability to weight bear, limping, the inability to fully bend or straighten the knee, instability, and laxity or looseness. Following an ACL injury, the amount of time it takes an athlete to return to play varies, but many will not achieve this level of rehabilitation within two years post-surgery. The level to which an athlete returns to sport is also questionable, with only about 50% returning to their pre-injury standards. Level of an athlete's pre-injury fitness, their gender or age do not influence return to sport timings or success. The most important factors are the quality of the rehab measures and discharge to sport criteria. So I'll talk a little bit about those rehab measures and those discharge to sport criteria. Discharge criteria. Return to sport requires very tight measures to ensure that the athlete is ready for the demands of their sport. Too often, an athlete's desire to return and lack of extensive pre-training testing puts them in a position of vulnerability when their strength, coordination, and neuromuscular control is not sufficient for the forces sustained in sports. The common perception is that quadriceps muscles are the main muscle group to rehabilitate following surgery, especially given their function of stabilizing the knee and producing the powerful forces required to extend it. However, the hamstring muscles are the graft choice of choice usually, therefore creating immediate weakness. The hamstrings also work in union to the ACL to resist the forward movement of the shin bone or tibia that the quadriceps produce. Thus, the hamstrings are key to preventing further ACL injury. Another criteria is return to sport timing. The time elapsed since surgery alone does not reflect the condition of the knee. However, there are still important implications relating to this post-surgery time frame. The ligament reconstruction in ACL surgery requires time to heal and regain strength as do the surrounding muscles, which will have depleted in strength, stability, and proprioception. This healing phase needs to occur despite extensive rehab. Statistics show that around 70% of ruptures occur within the first six months post-surgery. Another concern is a significantly increased risk of osteoarthritis in those who also sustain a meniscal injury along with the ACL. Research suggests that 50% of these patients will require meniscus surgery within five years. Despite progressing through and achieving the discharge criteria, there should be further checks prior to returning to full competition. The recent World Congress in Sports Physical Therapy suggested a three-phase model that allows graded progression. Number one, return to participation. 
participating in rehab and training, but at a low level. Number two, return to sport. Returning to their specific sport, but not at the normal skill level. Number three, return to performance. Participating in their specific sport and performing at it or above their pre-injury level. Now, within each stage, the athletes should be monitored and assessed continuously to identify their weaknesses. Another issue when it comes to returning to play, psychological readiness. The psychological readiness for returning to sport is often overlooked when compared to the extensive physical criteria. Studies have identified that more than half of athletes who did not return to sport after injury, psychological readiness was the factor most strongly associated with the failure to return. The most common reasons athletes gave were lack of trust in the knee, fear of new injury, and poor knee function. The length of time from surgery to return to sport was also a factor, and the longer this delay, the less likely the athlete was to return. This may suggest further psychological impact with the fear of being out for so long and fear avoidance on returning. Age, gender, and pre-injury fitness level had no impact on return to sport, which bolsters a theory of mental readiness. Measures of success. The success of ACL surgery is an important consideration in planning the athlete's future training and prospects. As well as the physical criteria, psychological factors, and risk assessments that can be completed, the surgical outcomes should also be evaluated. The criteria of success should include 1. Absence of instability 2. Absence of knee joint swelling 3. Successful return to sport and 4. Symmetry of quadriceps and hamstrings muscle strength Prevention strategies What are some of the things that you can do to prevent ACL injury in the future? Ultimately, the smartest strategy is to prevent this injury before it can occur, but the unpredictability of sports means that this risk will always be there. Two common movements are known to precipitate ACL injuries. Number one, cutting maneuvers, and number two, jumping and landing on a single leg. A 12-week program of participation three times a week of exercises aimed to reduce these mechanisms has been shown to increase hamstring muscle activation, which can counterbalance the quadriceps and provide protection against ACL injury. Prevention programs should be heavily focused on retraining balance, coordination, plyometrics, strength, and trunk or core stabilization work. The combined use of these exercises has been shown to provide a protective effect against ACL injury. Exercise drills should be performed under fatigue and with distraction to also mimic game environments where accidents are more likely to occur. Now, let's meet this episode's guest. So my special guest today is Griffin. He's a junior at Steinbrenner High School in Lutz, Florida. He plays quarterback and punter. Welcome to the show, Griffin. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. So this episode, we're talking about returning to play after an injury. So we're going to talk about your injury and how you have gone through that and what's the recovery like. So first of all, how did your injury occur? So it was probably around early September of last year. Our fields weren't in the best of condition. It was our first practice where we were able to tackle and have contact, and the quarterbacks were live. Actually, it was the Monday after our first actual tackling practice. We were on the game field, and I got the snap, rolled out to my right. I jumped up to make a pass, and I got hit late by one of our linebackers. I went to plant my left leg in the ground, and I felt it almost hyperextend, and I ran back to the huddle. I felt fine, and then we got the next play, broke the huddle, and I just kind of collapsed, and I couldn't put any pressure on my knee. I sat out the rest of practice, got it checked out by the trainer. She probably just said I hyperextended my hamstring. I was fine, kind of strengthened it, didn't really think anything of it. They only let me punt for the Blue v. Gold game and our first game, 
on my second punt in our first game of the season. I got hit late. The kids stepped on that same leg that I hyperextended. It almost hyperextended again. And it was probably one of the worst pains I've ever felt in my life. So did you have instant swelling? I didn't. It actually took a couple days and my swelling wasn't that bad. Like I could still walk on it fine. I didn't really think anything of it because I didn't really think I'd ever be tearing my ACL. After that occurred in that game, how soon thereafter did you go get it checked out to see if it really was an ACL tear? I know I went into the trainer's room that Saturday morning, got it checked out, and there's a certain test that they do on my ACL, and she did it a couple weeks prior when I hyperextended it, felt fine, and then when she went back and tested it, she's like, ooh, that feels a little loose. You might want to go and get an MRI. I ended up getting an MRI the next Tuesday, and I got my results the next Monday, and that's kind of where we got, uh, found out I had a torn ACL, and it kind of just broke me down. I didn't really know how to react. You got the results on that Monday. How long did it take for you to get the surgery? I think it was maybe three to four weeks. We didn't really have no rush since I couldn't really do anything. We also had other players on the team that had ACL. I think we had three or four other players. I know I had my surgery was a uh, October 16th. And one of my teammates who was my left tackle, he had his surgery the same day as mine. He was the first surgery and I was directly after him. A minute ago, you mentioned you really didn't know how to act or react to the news that you tore your ACL. And you said that you had other teammates as well that had an ACL injuries and needed surgery. So how did you come to grips with the fact that you needed to have an ACL surgery? And did you rely on your other teammates for support, knowing that they had to go through the same thing that you had to go through? So did it make it even easier for you to go through that? Yeah, I definitely think it did. I definitely stayed in touch with them, asking how they were doing. They always asked me how I was doing. I mean, I just remember sitting in that room on that table and the doctor's like, yeah, you fully tore your ACL. And I just kind of like dropped my head and I, I wanted to cry right there in the room, but I held myself off. And then when I got home, I just kind of broke down because I was like, well, I mean, I, I just had no idea what to do. Okay. And so how long was your surgery? I think it was close to two hours. Okay. I know I got wheeled back into the OR around 1155. I was already kind of doped up on all the medicine. All I remember is they put me on the table and they asked me how their injury happened. And that's all I remember. Okay. And once you had the surgery, how long was it until you began rehabbing the knee? The surgery, I believe it was on a Friday. I remember that because when I came home, I ended up watching the Steinbrenner game on my TV and I started PT that following Monday. Okay. And what has rehab been like? Rehab, it's definitely been a learning curve going in there, not really knowing how it's going to go. I definitely thought like where I am today, I never would have thought I've gotten this far. Next Friday will be my six month mark. And I never thought I'd be this far along at six months. Well, science and technology has come a long way. As I'm sure you're aware, you've probably seen NFL players like Adrian Peterson and so many others return to play within a year from an ACL injury. And that's how far science and technology has brought us. So there's that physical aspect and that mental aspect of returning to play after a major injury. Physically, you'll be able to get there. It's the mental aspect that athletes have to get over, that mental hurdle that they have to deal with when returning to play. Do you feel like you're getting to that point where mentally you're able to get back out there and do what it is you want to do? A hundred percent. In the beginning, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I kind of relied on my friends and family to kind of give me the guidance and show me the way. Then again, I've never had an injury like that. I mean, I've had a select few of friends, but just knowing how much time and effort I put into football and weightlifting and school, they just told me, you got to keep your head up. I had a bunch of my coaches, my king coaches, and I knew from previous people that I've talked to they kind of went down a dark road that they shouldn't have gone down with injuries. And I just knew I had to keep my head up. And I always just looked for the light at the end of the tunnel.
So when do you know that you'll actually be at that point? Because again, as I mentioned before, there is that mental aspect because physically you can do it. You know, all the players can get out there and physically play the sport, but it's always that you hear them talk a lot about once I take that hit or once I run, once I twist or turn or jump and I don't feel any pain, then I know I'm there. Do you feel like once you get out on the field and you take that first hit or you take that first snap and nothing happens that, okay, now I know I'm back. I'm 100%. I can full go now. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's going to happen. I've also had a couple talks with coaches, speed coaches. They say that's how most people know they're going to be okay is when the same way you got injured happens again and nothing happens, your brain kind of processes, oh, I can do this now. Like I remember I started doing jumping around like four, four and a half months and it was pretty painful and it was low level jumping. And now I'm jumping up to a 30 inch box. And when I complete that jump, I don't feel anything. I'm like, oh, I, I know I can do this now. Okay. And so you mentioned your six months post-op, correct? Yes, sir. Next Friday. Okay. So at this point, 24 weeks, your rehab should be pretty much full go in terms of everything should be available to you to perform, correct? Yeah. Most everything is available. I've started punting, but I have to use a smaller ball because I have to get the feel for it. I have to feel the um, the way I jump, like landing all the pressure into my left leg because I'm a righty and I tore my left ACL. I know I still have to wait till my seven months to do like pivoting. So like when I start my drop, I know I got to pivot my left knee. So I still got to wait on that. So I got about a month left, but I think they said we'll start a little early because I'm a little ahead of schedule. Now, it's never really a good time to have an ACL injury, but I think in your case, because the season doesn't start until August, you have another four months to kind of get yourself healthy and get ready. So by August, will you be a full go to participate in full activities and start day one with everyone else? I do think so. Main thing that I'm working for is I was uh, invited to an invitational only camp in uh, New Orleans at the end of May, which will be around my seven months, seven, eight months. I'll be strictly punting for that camp. So that's kind of what I'm working for this offseason. And kind of back to your point, like there's no good season to tear your ACL, but I kind of think if there was a year to do it, it was definitely this one, especially with COVID taking away games and all the quarantining. And it's just, if there was a year I wanted to do it, it was definitely this one. Yeah, because you didn't really miss any of the games. You didn't really miss a whole lot, but yet you had time to rehab, get yourself healthy and get back uh, ready for the next season. Yeah, of course. And I know that most people, when they tear their ACL, they either have a meniscus or MCL, PCL. In my case, I was just straight ACL, which I said is pretty rare, but in my case, it's it's good. Yeah, that was going to be my next question too, because that's called the happy triad when you tear the ACL, the meniscus, and the medial collateral ligament, the MCL. And you're right. Most players, when they tear the ACL, the other two are usually involved. So yeah, in that sense, that you, that is a little rare. So how difficult was it to watch your teammates battle on the field, but all you could do was watch? I know from a simplistic standpoint, it is tough because every player wants to be out there with their teammates, but just how difficult was it standing or watching, but yet not being able to be out there? It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I mean, I haven't, I don't remember the last time I missed a game, especially going, dating back to youth football. I mean, I remember going to that game in Palm Harbor, getting wheeled in on a wheelchair and just sitting there. And my dad even said when he was recording me, like when all the players were on the field, he had tears in his eyes because he knew how much the game means to me and he just wanted to see me out there. So it was definitely another mental hurdle that I had to come over, but I, I got through it. And speaking on that, that mental aspect, by watching the game from the sidelines, were you able to see the game from a different perspective so that once you do return to play, you'll be better prepared to play even better since you were able to see it from a different perspective? Because players talk about when they're not playing and they're watching the game, they see the game happening slowly or from a different perspective. So now once they get back out there, they've seen it from a different perspective and now they can perform better. Do you feel like that's going to be something that you can use to your advantage when the season starts? 
Uh, I definitely think so because sitting on the sidelines, I can look at the defense and see what the defense is doing, kind of picking up on what these teams around the county are doing and how they play and what their coaches are like. Also at practice, giving my fellow quarterbacks the signals for our plays, listening to plays in the huddle and just kind of watching it and how it develops. I think it'll definitely give me a, a little boost in my playing. Okay. So what is your advice to any athlete has gone through a major injury and wants to return to playing their sport? If I had to give advice, I definitely think that it's one of the biggest keys to it is the mental aspect of it. I mean, I know you can get back physically, but a lot of athletes deal with this mental aspect and not knowing how to get through it, not knowing who the right people are to go to. I mean, I definitely realized like who my true friends were, especially with COVID and the injury. I knew who my true friends were and how they would support me and who would support me and just kind of the advice they give to me and just keep my head up. Okay. And you're just continuing to go through uh, rehab right now, correct? Yes, sir. Three days a week three days a week. Well, Griffin, I really appreciate you joining the show. Thank you for your advice and information. And I wish you and Steinbrenner High a great season coming up this year. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Once again, I'd like to thank Griffin for joining the show and sharing his experience about what it was like to go through the ACL injury and his recovery process. So what are the takeaways from today's episode? Number one, to prevent an ACL injury from occurring, make sure that you're focused on your strength, balance, coordination, proprioception, and core strength. Number two, after ACL surgery, make sure you have a very sound and comprehensive rehab program to enable you to return to play. And number three, make sure that you're just as mentally and psychologically ready to return to play as you are physically. That concludes episode number nine. If you found this episode helpful, I ask that you share it with three of your friends. If you enjoy this podcast, I ask that you subscribe. Please tune in next week for episode number 10 when I'll be talking about dual athletes. As always, thanks for listening. Take care.